friends, and welcome back to Asbury Deep Dive Podcast. So like I kind of introduced at the end of last episode, um, the second half of the week, we're going to dive into relevant topics with you guys. So it's not summer reflection. It's diving deeper into topics that I hope just teach you more and help just give you tools and equip you to be believers in this world. And so today... Um, I also have Kim Rinkema here. Yes, there is the same last name, Melissa Rinkema and Kim Rinkema. This is my mom, and she also works here. She is the Director of Operations, or that's something about her title. That's correct. <laughs> and we are going to be talking about something that we've both learned about in seminary. We both have been through Asbury Theological Seminary. I'm done because I'm amazing, and she... I'm almost done. I'll be done in May. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about topics. And so if there are various topics that you want to know about or you are confused about or want to hear more about, send those in to me because I want to address those with you or for you and help you um, just dive deeper. And so send those topics in. And if you want to get text updates, you every time we post a new podcast, you can text the words at Asbury Dive to 81010. And so we'll update that every time there is a podcast. And so you don't have to wait or go find it. And then it'll be posted and you'll get a text and you can just go find it and listen. So and um, we have that for you. So today we are going to dive into a topic that Tom has mentioned many times. And so I'm assuming you've already know these words. And so that's awesome. The words Wesleyan quadrilateral, right? So you hear that you've probably already heard it. You're like, all right, what else do you got to say about it? But this is actually a really, really cool um, concept that I want to give you some more history on, some more definitions of, and just discuss why we have it, why we use it, um, what it has to do with the individual believer. And so to start, we're going to start with some background um, and where it comes from, which I don't know if you love history, but I think sometimes it's amazing. So we're going to talk about a little bit about history. Um, so hopefully you've heard of John Wesley. Um, Kim, can you tell everyone who John Wesley is? So John Wesley was an evangelist in England, um, and he is part of the original um, how we got the Methodist movement that we know today. Um, he was has lots of Wesley sermons published. He was um, the guy behind our band meetings, what has become small groups in our current world. Yes, he is super cool. He had lots of thoughts. He was coming out of the Reformation, and so he was really helping the church and the people and himself personally figure out different principles and how do we think about this maybe a little differently post-Catholicism and all of these things. Super, super right. cool guy. Um, him and his brother Charles were huge um, people in this time, and out of that comes our Methodism. Right. I think um, Charles liked to talk and preach, and um, John Wesley was a little bit more conservative and reserved, So, um, but he had the deep thoughts that he put on paper. Yes, yeah, which is so cool for us today to be able to read and engage with. And so John Wesley lived in the 1700s. And then in 1968 is whenever the United Methodist Church was formed. And so Asbury is currently a part of the United Methodist Church as its denomination. There, That's a huge time gap, you probably noticed. And so there were other Methodist movements and churches that were formed, or denominations that were formed in that time. But what we know today, I don't want to say modern, but basically modern um, United Methodist Church was formed in 1968. And so as a church is forming, they of course want to make um, they want to say what they believe. They want to help people know what their theology is. If you ever go check out a new church, I encourage you to read their What We Believe statements because that is going to tell you how and why they run. And it's really important to know the why behind things. That's why companies have vision and mission statements. It tells you what they're all about, which is super important to know. And so same thing with churches. And so as the United Methodist Church was forming, they were writing statements, basically, which became our doctrine about theology, kind of what we believe and why kind of the, the deep roots of that. And so one of the topics that they engaged with was authority. And the United Methodist Church 
often goes back to John Wesley's writings as they were diving into these things, right, to see what he says, to dig into that and continue those statements. And so in 1970, a statement was put out. It was the fourfold pattern of religious authority, in essence, is what it was kind of called. Fun, really long name, I know. And so this is what brought forward the scripture, tradition, reason, and experience, those fourfold things, and said these are how we kind of go back to authority. Interesting. We'll get into that in a second. And so between 1970 and 1972 is when the term Wesleyan quadrilateral was formed. John Wesley never made this name. No one's no one's going to name something after themselves like that, right? He didn't name it like this, and the church itself never even put this name forth, but it is kind of what it became termed and coined, and we still use that today. So um, fun things. And so then in 1972, they now in common, it's common between believers to know what the Wesleyan quadrilateral is. And then the church takes the original statement from 1970, and in 1972, they rewrite the statement. And they rewrite a couple things, some, you know, some super not important things. But the most important thing that they changed was that in 1970, the original statement put scripture above the other three. And in 1972, they put them all in an equal playing field. Now, I read some of the things that were written in it. Don't do it. It's not very fun. But, I mean, if you want to, go for it. But I don't recommend it. Um, And... They, it's very vague because it's like, yes, the authority of scripture. However, yada, 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 fancy words, basically they're all equal. Um, and so basically they tried to say all four of these things are equal. And so then uh, time goes by. That's what's in our book of discipline. That's a statement about a religious authority, basically. And then in 1984, the church came together again. The United Methodist Church came together and said, let's form a committee to rewrite the statement because authority the authority of scripture should be first and primary, and you should be able to read that easily. And so in 1984, they redrafted the statement once again, and in 19, 1988, it was officially adopted. And so these were at, like, the general conferences that this things, these things were happening. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> Fun things. I, I, think, I think we're guilty of, in today's world, trying to put experience and reason ahead of everything else. So if we put authority of scripture as our foundation... Um, we're looking at exactly what they said. Yeah, which is really cool because they too were wrestling with that, right? They also made a statement that put it all together and then they were like, wait a second, maybe this doesn't sit right. Or maybe it was different people. We don't know exactly, but it's all a whole working out thing. And so that brings a good point of these four pieces. And so Wesley brought forth in his writings in general, and then we pulled them together later of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience, and the place they have in a believer's life. And so we're talking about authority in general, which I don't love that word, and I'm assuming you don't either, right? No one loves authority. However, if you are a Christian, God is your authority or should be your authority. That is something you decide when you become a believer, right? That you're going to say, God can tell me what to do. God can dictate my life. And so then we say, wait a second, God's in heaven. We have the Holy Spirit and we're here, but how do we work that out? And so this is how we work that out. And so I wanted to dive a little deeper into each of these four things. And so scripture, this is the Bible, which on this note, the Bible exists to tell us more about God, right? The Bible is a tool to understand God. And so your authority or the authority of your life is God 100% through and through. And the Bible sits first because it's our best resource in understanding who he is. So that's why scripture is so important, right? It's our tool. It's our um, pocketbook of how do we know God's character? How do we understand the principles to then live our life out of? And on top of that, whenever we say scripture in the United Methodist way of thinking in Wesleyan theology, we're not talking about an uncritical view of scripture, which that's a fancy word, but basically that means 
Some people believe when you open the Bible and you read it word for word and you just take it literally, that's what it means, black and white, that's it, closed book, we're good. We don't think that way in Wesleyan theology because the book was written in a certain time to a certain people in a certain culture. And so, yes, there are absolutely verses you can read and say, that's pretty cut and dry. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, that's pretty cut and dry. That's God's character. Let's go. Um, But then you don't know some of the backgrounds of what it is to be a shepherd. Well, we don't. In Israel, that might have meant something different for us. And so digging into that kind of stuff. So basically, there's lots of verses that if you read it literally, oof, I shouldn't be doing this podcast. Well, and I think there's also the place where we say, oh, this is a pretty scripture. Let's just take this one. And we forget to read that entire story Mm -hmm. and the context of where that fits in. Absolutely. And so basically in Wesleyan theology, we say the Bible is wonderful, but you can't cherry pick. And you have to know some of the culture. You can't just necessarily read it for black and white and take it as it is. And so that's really, I think, a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Very important. Very, very important. So that's some more pieces on scripture. Moving then into tradition, which is the church. And this topic is very multifaceted. There's several pieces I want to talk about here. Um, I think this also, the tradition piece, is the one that makes people push back a little bit the most. And so I wanted to talk about it the longest. So it's multifaceted, like I said. So there is the church as in those who went before us. And I'm talking the first disciples, the apostles, the 12, Peter, all these people who walked with Jesus. They went before us and they started the church. And so we say, what did they say? Like, what, what were they up to? What did they think before us? How did they handle these things? Like, we submit to that, not necessarily as authority, but as an example, I think when we're able to look at Jesus as a leadership model, um, being that's what I've kind of been looking at at seminary, and he, he's a, his authority and how he led with his disciples and what that looks like, that's another place where we look at tradition of what did he do. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Super important. The next part of the church, the tradition, is we have these councils, which happened way back when, and these created the creeds. Not the, they mm-hmm. kind of solidified the Apostles' Creed, which was circulating pretty quickly after Jesus' death. We have the Lord's Prayer. We have liturgies. We have the Bible. The Bible was put together. It was already pre-written, but then a council came together and decided to make it what we know it to be today. And so whenever, we, whenever you read the Bible, you're submitting to the authority of tradition, a.k.a. the authority of the church that has gone before us, which is something that I think we miss sometimes. And so when we say tradition, we're not necessarily saying don't think Catholicism. Don't think necessarily the the who's the what's and the rituals and the things like that. We're talking the Bible you read hopefully every day. We're talking the Lord's Prayer. We're talking the Apostles' Creed. These are the things that have become tradition because the church put work into that before us. Well, and we have things that have become tradition today, um, things like the liturgy we read with communion, um, things like the baptism. And I even go, um, it probably doesn't quite fit, but to our vows that we say each, yeah. each time for Asbury. Yes, absolutely. So these are some of the pieces. And another piece of that, and I think the pushback comes from, what about when the church didn't act well? What about the Crusades? What about when people use the Bible to justify slavery? What about, what about, what about, you could go, there's a lot. We don't want to, that's not what this is about. But you know what, you you probably have those items in your head that you've said, but what about when the churches acted poorly? And so that's, I don't, those are lessons. 
those aren't necessarily, I think it's important to know what has happened in the past, but to learn from it and to grow from it, not necessarily to say we uphold it, if that makes sense, right? We're all still people. We're all still going to make mistakes. I would not call those tradition. I would call them more of an experience. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so then we have the current church. And so we have our leaders and our pastors and we have church staff and we have people who work in ministry as their profession and all these things, right? And the current church... Um, and then you say, then you throw in that word authority, and it's just like, oh, I even like, oh, that's not necessarily happy. But I kind of see it as like, when you go see a counselor, you give them authority to speak into your life and to help you. And so when you come to the church, you give pastors and leaders here the authority in your life to help you understand the Bible and help you understand God, because that's what people at Asbury, that's what we do, right? We study mom my mom this is my mom right kim and i have <laughs> degrees in theology right? right we have studied this we have, this is our profession and we're here to help you and teach you in that not because we necessarily know more as in know god more in our heart but because we know more knowledge wise about god if that makes sense i don't think i'd call myself an authority in that area but certainly um people that i recognize as an authority to guide me in, in ways of scripture and even tradition, um, I look at Pastor Tom or, or Pastor Dick Reed um, as authority in in these kind of matters and in, in knowledge. Yeah, because they've gone before, they've done the work, they can help enlighten us into those matters and um, and whatnot. And so, and what, what, that we're going to put a tiny pin in that and get back to that in a second. Um, but then also, I see the current church working. So we have a student, a current student. She's a senior. Her parents brought a Bible to me that they are having all of the mentors in her life sign. I love that. And I was, I got to sign it. Uh, my fiance got to sign it. Katie got to sign it. And so um, I was, but I was going through it and reading all the notes and there's over 40 people who have already signed this Bible and I'm signing this Bible. And that's the church. That's giving the senior in high school a Bible that has notes of love. So when she's studying the word of God, she will remember that person, remember their encouragement. And I just, I get goosebumps talking about it. That. It's just, it's a beautiful example of that's the church. That's that's what it is right there. The people who have gone before helping lead us closer to God to learn from their mistakes and then to also figure it out on our own. So it's super, super cool. And then we have experience and reason. Self-explanatory words. Our experience is super important. Um, it, I mean, it shapes so much of us. It shapes how we think and it not in a bad way. These are good things. It's the lens and the filter through which you process the things that you do. Yeah. And you can even get into psychology here of categories and all these things and whatnot. And I'm not a psychology major or anything like that. So I, I don't have the right words, but I hope you understand what I just said there. And then we have reason. Um, we have brains. God wants us to think through things and it doesn't have to necessarily be in prayer. You can make decisions and choices. And if you are abiding in the word of God and then you make these decisions, you don't have to necessarily sit for hours in prayer. You can think through it as a rational person and make a decision and get to a decision. God wants us to make those decisions. You know, yeah. He wants us to choose to love him. Therefore, we have a brain and he wants us to use what we know to, to make those decisions with the other pieces of this. Exactly, which leads into, we're going to take that pin back out from a second ago. What about when these things disagree? Or what, a, like, how do we work mm. these things out, right? That's where this, why this is important and why scripture is first. And so what if you think something about the Bible or you come to a conclusion and then a church leader or a pastor says, well, actually, yada, yada, yada. Or you've made this decision, but actually, I think this should happen. Like, um... I don't have a menial example to give you, but I'm thinking, um, so seniors in college or seniors in high school going to college, I think I'm going to go to this school, right? 
pastor might say, you know what? I hope a pastor doesn't ever say the different topic, but a pastor might say, it's a different church that this is happening at. We'll just throw that in there. <laughs> a pastor might say, no, I think God is calling you to this school. Well, this person, the senior in high school, is now confused because they're trying to make a decision for their life and they thought it was this one and someone else who has, air quotes, authority over them is saying something else. What do you do? First of all, you as a person, everyone as an individual, is responsible for making their own decisions. When you get to a reasonable age of, you know, where you can make your own decisions, you are then responsible for it and God holds you accountable, not other people accountable to what you choose. So you're allowed to willful disobedience you know you're allowed to not necessarily do what your parents tell you to do which parents you know the ones your parent the college your parents tells you to go to or whatnot but then my hope would then be that you then go to scripture and if you and the church are disagreeing about something as in you and a pastor or you and a mentor or you are a small group leader are disagreeing about a topic that you then go back to scripture and you say what does scripture say um what principle what not necessarily scripture but more than that god what's god's character in this because i believe god doesn't necessarily have one perfect school for you. You can go to, you can work whatever job, you can go to whatever school. That's not the point. That misses the point. So then that can help you find peace in that decision, can help you go back and say, you know what, I'm making this right decision. And so that's one way that plays out. These coronavirus decisions, we see it playing out. The Bible doesn't say when there's a coronavirus, <laughs> this is what you do, right? It stinks that we have to close the building, right? For, right? for Sunday mornings, like this isn't fun. And yes, we're praying about it in principle, but then we're having logical discussions. How do we stop the spread? How do we play a part? What's our piece in this? Like this is a great, you know, what's the experience of Italy? What is right. their experience? How can we learn from that? Right. How do we take enough time to be still and listen, to use that knowledge, to the intelligence we have, the facts and the decisions, um, but also prayerfully seek that? What is, is there any tradition to go on? Um, and, and when are we just still and listen? Yeah, absolutely. And making decisions when you go back to the tradition, maybe it's to go back and say they did it wrong. That's an okay answer too. You know, that's why it's there. You're not going to, you learn from other people's mistakes as well. And you learn from what they did right. And so you can be ahead of decisions and whatnot. You know, it's not a cut and dry system, right? This, this Wesleyan quadrilateral, it's not cut and dry one way. This is how it works. It's multifaceted. It's, um, I think the important piece for me that it goes back to is that God is the authority. That's the point that this is trying to make. And these are just tools that's trying to get you there. I agree. Every situation, every experience, everything is going to be different. But if we look at all four of those pieces and make God the ultimate authority in all of it, um, each time it's going to come out as, as God would have it. Absolutely. And so John Wesley, um, he this, these are going to be some like fancy, pretty words. Um, so I'm going to say them slowly, because I, but I think they're really powerful. So Wesley believed that the living core of the Christian faith stands revealed in scripture, illuminated by tradition, vivified in personal experience, and confirmed by reason. Which I think is just Love a that. beautiful sentence that um, John was, that's what they pulled out of John Wesley's writings, was these principles, and then they turned it into the Wesleyan quadrilateral as we know it, if that makes sense. I love that. Would you read it one more time? Yeah. Wesley believed that the living core of the Christian faith stands revealed in scripture, illuminated by tradition, vivified in personal experience, and confirmed by reason. I like that. Yeah, it's I, pretty. I, there's, a, there's a lot to, to every time we look at that. Um, where do we put our authority? Where do we um, use our experience and reason but to go back to, to tradition and to God? Yeah, and they all they work together. It's not a one against the other. It's a 
collective, a unit that makes us up as people and Christ followers, and how do we do that in this world? Um, so why is this important? Why? Hopefully by now you are in your head already know why this is important, but why does Tom keep bringing this up? Why does he want us to know it? I mean, I think it's a it's an important principle. It's it's great to know, um, and but why does it keep coming up? So it's this is a tool. This is a tool for you as a Christian to know how to walk in this really weird culture. It's a really really weird culture. How do we address that? How do we ca- tackle that? Um, I think as things are changing day to day, especially in this season of of COVID-19 and every single day we're having to make different decisions and what's next and, and, you know, doing our best not to be fearful because that's not who we are. Um, These are foundational things that that plant seeds on how we react and how we behave moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's what it comes down to is that principle of the Bible tells us God's character. The Bible tells us God's heart. So we say the Bible is our number one tool, but we also have these supporting tools. We're not alone in this. This should give you hope and enjoy that we have help. You know, if you're not a Christian, you just have your experience and reason, which I hate to break it to all of us, but we're all wrong at times. Like we really all are. It's my mom sitting right here. She can literally tell you how many times I've been wrong. Like maybe this wasn't a good idea to have here, but anyway, (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. Um, That's what it just comes back to is that God as a Christ follower God is our authority. And this is a tool and principles to help us dig into that and understand that. That's all this is. And so we bring it up and give that to you because culture doesn't make sense a lot of the time. So we want to help you as a believer to know how to act and how to think and how to order your life in essence. And that's not after what the church says. That's after first and foremost what God says. And I hope you take into consideration what the church says and trust the church and help. And the church is the people. It's all of us. It's not just the pastors. It's the mentors. It's the parents who have been a Christian their whole lives that can help you as well. Or, you know, it's it's the grandparents and it's everyone. It's everything. It's not just necessarily the one head pastor says this. That's it. Right. right. That's not what it means. And it's not also to uphold the mistakes we've made. It's to learn from them. Right. We are we are fundamentally people of one book, and we have a Wesleyan foundation, um, and that's where we'll go forward. We are not about this building. We are people inside and outside of these walls. Yeah, it's so good. Um, it's a tool. The Wesleyan Quadrilateral is a tool to help you. Um, and so I hope that this has helped you understand it. I hope that now when you hear it on Sunday mornings, or when you hear it or read it in various things from Asbury, you know why we want you to know this, right? We're trying to encourage and equip you, and how do you find that authority in your life and how do you put that the authority that god deserves in your life how do you make it happen right this is a how-to tool for you so i hope you enjoyed today i'm so happy i got to have my mom here that's super fun for me thanks for inviting Um, me yeah of course and so like i said at the beginning if there's topics that you are confused about or you want to hear more about get those to me you can email them to me you can text them into the remind group i can get those messages and so we want i want to talk about the things you want to learn about so send those in to me and once again that remind that you can text and get updates whenever we post podcasts you text at asbury dive to 81010 until next time friends bye, bye.